Happy New Year, and welcome to Mandarin Baptist. We are so thankful you joined us right at the beginning of 2021. We realize that each of us are turning a page in a new chapter this year. And in this next chapter, we would absolutely love to connect with you on a deeper level. So we want to invite you to check us out and follow us at mandarinbaptist.org. On our website, you will find links to our social media, past sermons, service times, and basically everything you need to know about us. Around Mandarin, we launch each year reminding ourselves of who we are as a people. Through scripture, we look at why we exist and what God has purposed for us through his great commission and commandment. The DNA of our fellowship is to lean into the most important truth ever given to mankind. We are called to be a people who love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And because that is true, we multiply that love both within our faith family and through the community. It is our hope to multiply and reproduce the wonder, the beauty, and the love that we have in Christ. In doing this, we will fulfill a heart passage of our Mandarin family found in Psalm 145, verses 4 through 6. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. I will speak of your splendor and the glorious majesty and your wondrous works. They will proclaim the power of your awe-inspiring acts and I will declare your greatness. So here it is, church. This is us, our DNA. Okay, so I'm a little disrupted of soul, so forgive me. So here's just an idea. If you would take the scripture that we're about to study, which is the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John, and put uh, the cause of Christ on replay and sit before the Lord until it's true, we will be bringing into fruition the hope of Jesus in, in the 15th chapter. So I hope that we didn't sing lyrics. I'm praying that we are treasuring the only one who is worthy. So with that said, I would love to talk about the DNA of our church. And God really just burdened me last week as I was beginning to talk about, you know, some of the things that we're dreaming about and praying about as a church and just kind of realizing that, God, apart from you, we have nothing. And so um, we want you to be our everything. And, And really, I think what I will share in the next few minutes is what Jesus ultimately shared with his disciples that led to a beautiful reality of his presence and his wonder in this earth. And so um, I, I just really shifted gears a bit, and, um, and I don't think Garrett struggled with that because I feel like he just led us in an extraordinary moment of worship and for us to have confessional of heart and soul before the Lord. And so I would like to talk to you first about a sentence or two that I shared last week and a scripture that I shared last week All of the passages of scripture I share will be on the screen. I would love for you to just be in John 15 and kind of 
circle these two verses and just pray over them. So I'm going to read some other scripture. They'll pop up on the screen. You can take notes on that. This is what we're praying. We're just kind of posturing our Mandarin family. And therefore, because we as a Mandarin aren't a group gathered here in this church, but we're the body of Christ on the move. So we're praying that we're posturing our faith family. And in doing so, our community and the nations. So we're posturing in this way on a mission to love God, to love other people and to make disciples who make disciples. And in doing so, you and I will incite wonder and we will fuel passion for the cause of Christ. Yes, Lord. And so if, if that is true of us, then Psalm 145 is like a fulcrum verse for this church. It was just birthed out of, out of truly a season of fasting and prayer. And God just brought this verse and it landed on the table among some of our leadership. And then it started landing in hearts and it's a generational reality. We covet that we are a multi-generational church. We're so thankful right now to be in a second gathering right now on this campus, but also to have many of our generational people that we love so much online with us. And so um, welcome to church live and welcome to church live stream. Uh, there's the green light. We love our faith family and we love our church body. And so you could say hello to our church family in um, three, two, one. Hello. We love you guys. We are so happy to be together with you because we are the generations. Chapter four of Psalm 145 says, one generation declaring your works to the next, proclaiming your mighty acts. I will speak of your splendor, Lord. It's your glorious majesty. And I will tell of your wondrous works. Because I do that, I love the shift. They will then proclaim the power of your awe-inspiring acts. And I will declare your greatness. It's almost like this back and forth declaration that's going on right now. They will give testimony of your great goodness and we'll all together sing joyfully of your righteousness. Wonder and passion just demonstrated among the body of Christ. There was a lyric that I paused and wrote down. If you've ever gotten a note from me, uh, my handwriting is, is illegible even to myself. So I hope I get this lyric right. So when agonizing questions rise, in Jesus, all my hopes abide. All my hope abides. I actually could read my handwriting. Can we like go, thank you, Lord. So uh, in, in agonizing, when agonizing questions are abundant, for instance, Lord, how do we reach the point in our nation that we can't find commonality with people and how, Father, as bridge builders of the faith and people of great love, do we step in when we don't even know how? These are agonizing questions for us. Oh, Lord, all of our hope is in you. When our capital is overrun and we're wondering about the proper nature of our allegiances and where we are, how, Lord, do we step into this culture allegiant to the King of glory, the name of names, seeking common ground so that we propagate not some idea that we have, but the name of Jesus Christ in every way, shape, and form. How, Lord, when agonizing, and these are 
agonizing and traumatizing realities for us. Like we really flipped the calendar right on 2020 and had hope for six days. <laughs> In external circumstances, but we have been a people of great hope throughout 2020. And we will remain a people in traumatizing, agonizing questions of people of extraordinary hope. And we're just saying, Lord, when this agonizing, when these things are going on, how do we incite wonder? And how, Lord, do we fuel passion? Our, our friend, Bonnie Snyder, passed away this week. Bonnie, I love her. Heart and soul. Bonnie and Mike, for guests in this room, were missionaries for a dozen years in Haiti, just returned home, not retired, just returned home to lead the ministry and mission and organization from the stateside in June. If you want to incite wonder and take this out of a scriptural passage, sit down with a brother in Christ who deeply rests during an agonizing trial and listen to the words that are uttered so that we could learn right now what we are about to study right now that the Lord will use to study us over the next season. When agonizing questions rise and we're walking about saying, Lord, how do we rest and abide in you? This is, this is the first words I had from Mike when we were just talking. Mike was, this was his statement. So Susan, I've been greatly challenged by this. Forgive me, I'll just, I'll cry a lot through this. So when you can look at me and say, I've just said goodbye to my spouse. But Bonnie and I were so excited about heaven for so long. And we have been talking about this for as long as I can remember. This wasn't a little Pollyanna statement this was wrought with emotion. This was wrought with pain. This was wrought with sorrow. This was filled with hope of the gospel. I don't know that we have been bragging with one another about our joy of heaven one day, but we're going to get excited about that. So that one day when you stand with me, I can say, I cannot fathom how I will walk forward, but I know who will walk with me. And I am so excited for her, even as my heart is broken. Inciting wonder and fueling passion is not an excited word from a pastor or reading a passage thinking all is going to be good. It is standing in the middle of what was the word? In the middle of agonizing questions and saying to the Lord, all of my hope abides in you, Lord. And so I draw you in the middle of chaos around us to what I am praying is our DNA. There were some statements that I made about DNA last week that I would love to just kind of highlight and then um, share what I think is critical if we're to be who we say we want to be as the body of Christ. DNA is the genetic instructions for the development, for the functioning, for the growth, for the reproduction of the very core of who we are. DNA in other words, multiplies. We will, listen to this, you and I will multiply who we are 
That just convicted me to the core. So we are multiplying ourselves right this second. We're praying that we, as the DNA of the body of believers, are multiplying the wonder and passion of Jesus. DNA also, along with its instructions, is passed on from one generation to the next. I think I just kind of talked about that, so I'll leave that there. Think about this in the context of the body of Christ. So you heard this, give or take, each individual sitting in this room has about 10 billion miles of DNA making up your body. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so when you begin to talk about the body of Christ, you're no longer talking about you and your 10 billion mile strand of the glorious wonder of the fingerprints of God on your makeup. You're talking about one people with one hope and one Lord and one baptism merging together billions of miles of strands of wonder that are proclaiming the majesty of Jesus. You should be excited about the body of Christ. You should be going, Lord, would you move among us? And so um, these are what hold us together. And so I started asking this question, how do we codify and reproduce the DNA of Christ? And I believe that the answer is found in the words of Jesus. They are very challenging. And it is the call of us to not come into this room in this day and say, here is the numerical or quantifiable realities of what we hope we we are about in 2021. We're kind of walking in this room, or at least I am walking in this room right now, saying, Jesus, come. Work as you see fit. And we're going to be a people who rely on you. So um, we, were, we were kind of bringing in the new year with, uh, with passion 2021. And, and uh, Priscilla Shire popped in. And sadly, I fell asleep before the new year for the first time in I don't know how long. But I was listening to the front end. It was kind of an amazing story. I kind of lived out one of her stories in real life. Um, be happy you live in Florida. I've got two reasons for you. Number one. Um, we haven't turned on our heat in this building unbeknownst to us in over a year. We've clicked the button, but we found, this is a whole other sermon illustration I'm realizing right now. We found out as we installed the new air conditioner, we disengaged some power cords that haven't been clicking it on. We, welcome to Florida. We haven't had the heat on in a year and we didn't even know it, right? It was 37 last night. We're kind of rolling in, hoping you're not too chilly, but I'm super comfortable right now. If we could set it at 58 for every Sunday, this would be a happy pastor. <laughs> the second reason is this story, because the day after Thanksgiving, I went skiing and swimming in a lake. Welcome to Florida. I love living here. And so um, my experience in driving out to the Keystone Melrose area was, um, was extraordinary, I think, telling and will lead us to John 15. So let me be brief with this, but I think it's important. It's an, it's an interesting drive. First of all, you go into a place where you hear only banjos. It's kind of going to the middle of nowhere to start going into Keystone and Melrose. And so you will hear some odd banjos playing. That's pretty exciting. Super interesting, though, as you start to pass lake after lake and you begin to have questions if you've driven through there about what your experience is going to be like when you actually pull up to the lake which you are heading toward because it's not looking promising. 
And so um, in, in my drive out there, some of the lakes will actually make your heart hurt. These are quite literally pictures on the way from there. So um, welcome to our lake. And so this is, I kind of want to be funny. I also know some of you could be investors in this. This is heartbreaking. This is lakes on the way to the lake. And so another picture is popping up right now. Some of them have a bit of water, but that is not what they expected when they were buying this property. And so um, I passed, it kind of painful to pass. I was really questioning whether our family was going to have a good time or not, um, if this is our experience. And so um, lakes, uh, other lakes, on the other hand, are teeming with life, teeming with opportunity, teeming with thrill, ready for adventure. So you kind of have both drought and loss, wonder and joy going on as you're making your way out there. And so I have a picture of the lake we landed at. My daughter took this picture. This is um, Lake Lily. And so quite lovely, right? We even have the promise of God over this lake. And so Lake Lily is a spring-fed lake. It's bubbling with water supply. The internal water reserve is continuously filling this lake. There's continuing sustenance. There's continuing vibrancy. Here's what you have to understand if we're going to wrestle with this passage. So you've got to understand this. Both lakes are experiencing the same deficiencies. Both lakes are experiencing the exact same amount of precipitation. Both lakes externally have the exact same experiences that they are having with one another. The same amount of water is falling from the sky. The same lack is present in both of these lakes. The insufficient supply is present. There is only one difference, and it is a great difference, and this is worthy of your notes. You should wrestle with this difference. The only difference between Lake Lily and the others that I pass is this. The difference is that one has an internal supply and the other does not. Experience and practicalities dramatically affect a series of lakes. But my experience is just with the one lake that's off the screen now. It is not impacted by external circumstances. There is a bubbling, ceaseless supply that sets the table regardless of the lack thereof or the fullness thereof. It is not responding to that. There is an internal supply that provides for this lake so that not only can those who live there experience, but people who were driving in from Jacksonville are pulling up, seeing the great rainbow over the lake and jumping on skis and saying, Lord, this is glorious. Thank you for providing that. That's the picture of the body of Christ who are praying for our DNA. We are not resting our souls on the external supply of current circumstance. Our souls are already fully rested in Christ. So I'm going to be really simple for the next few minutes. Um, my thoughts are not complex. My subnotes are not something that you'll have to really, uh, you'll wrestle with, but they're not going to be mysterious. I would say that if we are to fulfill our DNA and to propagate this DNA cross community, cross the nations, you and I must be a people who are abiding in Jesus. He is our internal supply. Otherwise, your emotions and your reactions will go with the winds of every external circumstance that comes your way. And I have not lived in a more demanding external time than this day. 
And for some of us in this room, the reason that we are all over the map is because you're not intended to live off of external supply as a follower of Jesus. You are intended to have him as your source of life. He is promise and he is hope. And so abiding in him, here's what I would say to you about abiding in Jesus. And then I want to read the scripture about this. Without an ongoing, fervent, listen to this, strategic, flourishing nourishment rising up with you, you and I will not continue with sustained hope, with contentment, with grace, with kindness, with goodness, with gentleness, with self-control. These will not be a byproduct of who we are. In this past year, we have experienced isolation, drought, mystery, unrest, political challenge, and we flip the calendar and it's still here. We need something or better stated, someone inside of us that does not require external circumstances, an internal source of fulfillment that is only provided by Jesus. So without the Holy Spirit, so here, let me just say this theologically. So what we know about Jesus is that he is a son of God. He is seated currently at the right hand of the Father. This is out of the 22nd chapter of Luke, the first chapter of Ephesians, the third chapter of Colossians, and in other places. So that means when Jesus walked among his disciples and began to talk with him more fully about what he was about, he was not kidding when he says, I am going to send a helper who is going to live his life among you, fill your life with him. He is going to make much of me and you're going to be better off than with Emmanuel, God with us with you. You're going to have the spirit of Christ who is me in a third person of the Trinity and you are going to fill your life to capacity with his spirit and his presence and he will abide in you. He will rest in you. And so it just coming, coming back to this. So when agonizing questions are rising in the spirit of Jesus himself, all hope will abide. And this is, this is the spirit that we are praying. So that means that the Holy Spirit is an agent on this earth. He is the catalyst of the experience that we have with the living God. He is the way that you and I will share in the work and the hope of the gospel. When we're kind of running our hands going, I don't know how to build these bridges. The Holy Spirit does. He's just kind of coming along going, would you rest back within me? Would you trust me to open doors of conversation? We'll talk about that in just a moment. He is the way for the hope of the gospel. He is the way that Jesus is applied to lives. He is our source right now as we prepare to read scripture, to understand scripture. So as you open it, you should be saying, Spirit of God, just move in me. Draw me to Jesus. Allow me to understand this. This is difficult. Move, Lord, because I don't have the capacity myself. Without the Spirit of God, we're much in this room like the disciples pre-Pentecost. We have great intentions. We have large desires. We have incredible hope. We are very sincere and we stumble about in confusion. And we're wondering what's going on? How do we move this? The early church provides the perfect example for Mandarin Baptist Church so that we would be about the wonder of the Spirit of God. The early church was made up of really simple people, simple men and women. They were neither courageous nor were they truly filled with faith. 
They had already scattered into the wind. They're drawing back together. Um, and they, uh, they were tax collectors, fishermen. They were just common people. They fled in fear. They were the least likely except this truth. Jesus knew them. So he started talking with them. And the fullness of the Spirit is necessary. And here's what he said to them. He is preparing to leave. He is preparing for the communion meal. He is preparing for the cross and he sits with the body of Christ and he is wide-eyed and saying basically to them, the name of who I am and God the Father is going to explode across the world. You're going to be a part of it. So here's what you should know. John 15 verse 5. Here's what you should know. If we're going to live with this DNA of the glory of God, so the one who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. And this is the part you, you just will struggle with and yet should rest in. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is sitting with the disciples. He's looking at them and saying, global movement, carry it to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. This is going to be really difficult for the next days. Gather back together, allow Pentecost and the Spirit to fall within you. He's not really telling them all this. He's just kind of going, abide in me, rest in me, trust me. What you're about to experience, catastrophic, but I will move. It's going to be beautiful. So rest in me. And so Jesus spoke this to the disciples and he was kind of saying, I want the DNA to be about this. And so if we could just commit to this as a church in 2021, we will probably incite wonder and we will assuredly fuel passion. Here's what I think Jesus was saying. You and I, church, should concentrate on abiding. The entirety of our passion for this year should be saying, Lord, we want to know you. We, we have stumbled across this treasure and we have gone and sold everything so that we could purchase this, this from the field. Father, we have sought first every other thing. But at this point, Lord, we are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and trusting that whatever you add to it is what you want to add to it. Oh, Lord, our God. This is our prayer as we make our way and just kind of say together, let's concentrate on this. The church, as they gathered together, just did this. They, they just waited for the Lord. The spirit was poured out among them. And with courage and faith, they turned the community upside down and ultimately the world. They didn't move in, in this power because they had walked through a learning process. They didn't move in this power because they finally landed in the right study. And you should really hear this. They didn't move in this power because they built a church and they actually have the thought right now that they're in church. They moved in power because they abided in the Spirit of God who drew them with wonder and with holiness among every, every situation and circumstance around them so that God gained glory. They, they, didn't, they didn't even have like copies of Scripture in this moment, and they didn't have tracks. Like no three circles. They didn't have this stuff. It was like 300 AD when the first church was built, which began the compromise and confusion among the body of Christ about what was the church, which is the living stones that make up this room right now, doing, doing everything we do for the glory of God. They, they're just kind of moving about. They possessed 
the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them, rely on this spirit for everything. This is really exciting. I don't suggest that this is a rubric for every day. So don't go out haphazard going, I don't need to study anymore. But Jesus is looking at the disciples in this current context and saying, listen, I even want to tell you guys, there are going to be difficult questions that you can't answer. I don't even need you to prepare. I just need you to rest your soul in me. I will give you the right words in that moment for what you need to be about. I will give you the right actions. Why? Because you can't do anything apart from me, but you can do so much more in me. And so I, rather than coming up with great arguments about whatever your stances are today and then posting them online, how about stopping and resting in the Spirit and asking the Spirit of God this question, how can I, in every platform you give me, make much of your name? And how might I incite wonder and fuel passion for the glory of the cross? And Jesus, in response, will say, abide in me. Abide in me. Strike your keyboard in me. Meet your neighbor in me. Sort out your marriage in me. Walk with your children in me. Be the body of Christ in me. Create and incite wonder in me. This is the hope of our Lord. So they possessed the Spirit, and He walked in them, and they did this consistently. They just taught us, they waited, they prayed. They experienced his presence. My second thought is also really simple. Um, as a church, to live out the DNA of Christ, we'll have to lose control to gain wonder. So we'll have to lose control to gain wonder. Um, the message Jesus is te teaching is this. Um, I think the early church makes us a little bit afraid. And, and in fact, I won't go there. It's too theologically divisive. We like control. We like our experiences to be explicable. What God did in Acts 2 as he launched the church, it was rowdy. I mean, listen, just going to Acts 2 description, there was fire that fell from heaven. Glory to God. There was languages that were going. There was um, utter joy. And, and I like this, and I'm praying this, that some people would just say, are you guys drunk? Because what's going on among you makes no sense. And the joy that is abundant among you, oh my goodness. This is actually biblical. If you're kind of sitting going, oh my goodness, our pastor's lost his mind. No, just reading scripture, they're looking and going, it is so effervescent. And I think that they would answer in Ephesians 5.18 manner. Yes, we are. But it's not as you think. We are drunk with the Spirit of God. We are filled with Him. The things that you see going on can't be explained by us. That's why we were futile people. We were small people. We were doing nothing. But we have abided in Jesus. We've concentrated on that. And you can't explain what's going on now. We are inciting wonder and we're fueling passion. Not because we decided to, but instead we submitted to Him. Wow. So, oh Lord, let this be. So uh, this was maybe lose control, gain wonder. So if some of that is like stirring for you and makes you either fearful or longful, whichever way you land, given that thousands were saved in a moment out of this kind of rowdiness, that the word of God was treasured more, that there was supernatural unity among the body of Christ that we are still longing for as we read it, that the church was filled with sacrificial love, 
There was a holy excitement that was pervasive and people kept noticing it. There was immediate compassion for their neighbor. Boldness was normal. Boldness in the name of Jesus was normal and Jesus gained great glory. It was because they continuously yielded themselves to the Lord and said, Father, you move in us. So Christianity, I would just say this, is not a self-effort religion. It is one in of power and the ability and the might of the Holy Spirit. We are commanded, in, in Ephesians 5.18, we are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. We are commanded, if you will, in John 15, 4 and 5, to rest in Christ and abide in him. There, there are commands that we love, commands to love God. We were singing these commands today. Commands to love one another. Commands to be filled with the Spirit. This command in Ephesians 18, it says, um, don't be drunk with wine, but do be filled with the Spirit. And what's, what's important about those words are how these words are formed. It is in the active form, which means that it is something that is ongoing. And so he is looking at them and saying, I want you as the body of believers to never cease to be filled with my spirit. And it is also in the imperative form, meaning, and oh, by the way, this isn't a suggestion. If, if you want to move about with the DNA of who I am and what I am about, this is not a suggestion. Jesus stops in a vineyard and holds the vine and says in John 15, 4, some simple but profound words. Align your life to this and take it in, disciples. I long for you to be a people who are world changers. You are nourished from an internal source. And here's how. He says in John 15, 4, abide in me. And I and you, I leave you with this truth. If you and I do nothing else in 2021, but abide in Jesus, we will do well. And we will step into the middle of deeply broken circumstances. When the atmosphere around you is a desert, abide in me. When your health fails, when your friends abandoned, when the road is impossible, when your ministry flounders, when the loved one passes, when your heart is broken. This is not said lightly and neither did Jesus sitting with his disciples. He was saying to them, your road will be brutal. So rest your soul in me. Abide in me and let my word abide richly in you. We give up control, but boy, do we gain wonder and passion, joy and liberty. So I end with this thought. It's just a series of questions in the scripture. I put fan the flame on the screen. I really like 2 Timothy and the CSB. Just, let's just rekindle this gift of God among the church, okay? Just kind of walking with one another and, and sharing life in Jesus together and just stoking the fire. Going, how do we kindle this? How do we bring this to life with us? Paul tells Timothy that the extension of his faith is his heritage. In the first service, I was sitting with my parents. I have a heritage of faith. And Paul then said to Timothy, but that's not sufficient. I'm not asking you about your heritage. I'm asking you about your abiding in me right now, today. Your heritage may be great, 
But the lasting impact of your soul hinges upon your rest in Jesus. He is your heritage. He is your hope. So Paul says to Timothy, I don't give you a spirit of timidity and fear, but one of power, love, discipline, and sound mind. God is the author of every one of these. It is through the Holy Spirit working in you that we receive them. So as the scripture comes on, therefore, I want to remind you, Timothy, to rekindle the gift of God that is in you. I want you to do this in journey with others. It's going to require laying hands on one another. It's going to require praying for one another. It's going to require moving about with one another for the sake of the glory of the cross. So whatever else Timothy was to be about, this was his first call. Rekindle this gift of grace. So I have four questions, and I'll pray. Number one. Within our Mandarin family, what gives evidence of the internal work of the Spirit of Christ? I would love for you to just kind of pull up a chair in front of nobody. It's kind of one of those therapy things. I'm going to talk to this chair for a little bit and just tell them this. Open your journal. Like, what is it in your experience with the body of Christ called Mandarin that gives clear evidence? evidence of the internal work of the Spirit of God. You can't explain it by someone that has a really good gift in this room. You can't explain it apart from Jesus. Journal this. Pray about this. And pray that we'll be a people of great abiding. Number two, what are the habits that you have that cut the trails for the Word of Christ to dwell within you richly? I don't want this to be a good message. So I'm asking this question very practically so you will ask this question of the Spirit of God. What are your current habits that are in your life that prepare the way for the Holy Spirit to have his way? It's a great question. When your life and script, third question, by the way, these questions are not on the screen on purpose. They are dropping into your box in about 10 minutes. I'd long for you to wrestle with these, with friends, with Jesus. When your life and scripture compete, have you already said yes to truth? When your word, let me say it again, right. When your life and scripture compete or conflict, have you already said yes to the truth of his word? Last, knowing that we offer nothing apart from Jesus, what is one step that you will take today to rekindle this gift, to stir the fire? And let's get after this. Let's, in 2021, rally around abiding in Jesus. I think he will do great things. Abiding is an imperative to lay down your life so that you pick up his life. Amen. Thanks again for checking us out at the start of this new year. As this year kicks off, we hope that you will join us here online, but also join us in person. We believe living in community is vital to a person on their faith journey. We would love to see how God is at work in your life and to fan that flame in any way we can. Make sure you stop by our website at mandarinbaptist.org. Also, check us out on social platforms. There are events, 
resources, and ways to go deeper in your walk with Christ. We would also love to help you take your next step of faith here with us. Church, we pray this new year shows us all how God's mercy, grace, love, and presence are all at work all around us. We love you, church. We will see you again soon.